Throughout the day, everyone feels fatigue and failing endurance, and it can't be fixed with more caffeine. This is why I take Super Beats Heart Chews. They're a tasty treat that gives you the energy you need and are good for you. No guilt and no more afternoon coffees or energy drinks or candy for a quick pick-me-up. I take two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Chews as part of my daily routine and to promote heart-healthy energy for my day without a caffeine crash or all of the processed sugar. And I've personally begun taking Super Beats Heart Chews for a while now, and I know it makes a difference in my energy. Plus, the grapeseed extract used in Super Beats Heart Chews supports normal blood pressure and is heart-healthy. Take charge of your health and do what I do every day and take Super Beats Heart Juice. For my listeners only, you can get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. That's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com up to 45% off at danasbeats.com. Part of the reason I ran for president is because I was tired of trickle-down economics. It doesn't work. My plans are to produce the strongest, fastest, most widespread economic recovery America has ever experienced. With record jobs, new record small businesses, and wages rising. It's the foundation for an economy that works for working families. Because of that foundation, we're better positioned than any country in the world to overcome global inflation that we're seeing and reach a new chapter of stable and steady growth. So let's come together and focus on what's matter, on what matters. Let's build on the extraordinary progress we've made. Let's continue to build this economy from the bottom up and the middle out. When that happens, everybody does well, including the very wealthy. I don't even know what he's talking about here because uh, it sounds like taxes. Yeah, it sounds like taxes and uh, a bunch of other stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Welcome to the program. Happy Monday to you. Dana Lash here. And... We got. We'll dive into all of the stuff. I've been because there's the Senate is back in session. They've reconvened, so a lot of stuff is going to be happening here uh, within within this week, particularly. So we're going to follow all of that and just circus begins, man. The circus begins. Okay, so first up, there's some super bad polling for. Not just Biden, but Democrats, too. One of the things that I'm going to go into and one of the things that we're that I've been kind of uh, I've been looking at is the Senate. Because we know the House. So we know the House uh, Democrats in the House. They'll probably I would imagine they will end up losing their very their majority. That's they only have a simple majority in the Senate. And I kind of want to get a little bit of lay of the land because we got a number of primaries that are happening now. There's some more primaries that are happening in a couple of weeks and then a bunch of others that are taking place in August. And then we launch headfirst into the hellscape that is the uh, midterm election fully. And it's it's going to be tight for Republicans. And all of this stuff ties into it. This is one of the reasons why, why you're, you're hearing so much about uh, firearm stuff, because the polling for Democrats is bad. The economy, Everett's bad. It's all bad for them. They don't have anything else, so they need to fearmonger people about, uh, about guns. That's, I mean, ultimately, that's, that's what it is. I mean, that's, that's what they're doing. So first up, this is not going to help with the polling aspect of it. Biden is mandating more ethanol and gasoline at a time I know, at a time when we are on the edge of a worldwide shortage 
of grains. You have the war in Ukraine and a few other factors. You, I mean, there's talks about potential famine. And you have Biden mandating that more food be burned for fuel. I think the ethanol thing, I think it's stupid. I don't, I think it's stupid. I think it's stupid. I don't know. I don't, it's very, it reminds me very much of um, the soybean thing in uh, Atlas Shrugged. If you've read it, it's the same thing. I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. That's not going to help anything more. Not at all. And so the addition of this on top of all of the other problems that Democrats are experiencing, how in the world, how in the world is that going to, that's not, that's going to make it even worse. It's going to make their polling worse. Here's this ABC poll. 28%. This is an ABC poll. ABC, 28% only actually approve of how Biden's handling the economy and inflation. That's pretty something. Only barely a quarter of Americans say that they approve of how Biden is handling inflation and the economy. Less than that approve of how he's handling gas prices. Less than. That's stunning. Now he's, now I love that. They go, well, he's better with his own party. You think? But do you want to know what it is? Do you want to know what his own party is? I actually, it's kind of shocking that it's not higher. 56% of Democrats approve. 51% say the same about gas prices. Doesn't that seem low for, you know, a president who got more votes than anyone in history? (laughs) Doesn't it seem... Seems a little low. I'm just saying it seems a little low. Hmm. Seems a smidgen low. 37%. Now, this is Republicans and Democrats all together. 37 said that they, now you have strongly approve, approve. 37% are basically giving them an eh on the economic recovery. 53% of Biden's or Democrats. I just actually that's right. You should just call him Biden's. The thing with the ethanol and gas is just going to make this even worse. So 28 percent approval of his handling on economic issues. Twenty eight percent. So you can see why they're focusing so much on guns. They're focusing so much on guns because it's so bad for them right now. That's why. It's just it's. What are they going to go out there and campaign? Are they going to go out and campaign? Really? They're going to go out and campaign on the economy? They're going to go out and campaign on the economy? They're going to go out and campaign on on what? They've got nothing. Nothing. So that brings me... Hold up. Now, what we're going to dive into coming up after headlines is what you can expect in the Senate. So you... And I heard, I did hear from John Cornyn on Twitter. I don't think he sounded pleased with me either. You know, we were... Yeah, he didn't. Kane shook his head. You saw that, didn't you? Can I just... I am not so much in... I'm not into the politics of things. I'm into the ideology of it. But I also like to strategize and figure out how best my ideology can win. And I was... 
and I just simply am asking questions. I'm not making assumptions about Cornyn. I mean, I'm, I'm not making assumptions about Graham either. Graham is literally co-sponsoring a piece of legislation with Richard Blumenthal. They're retooling a red flag law. It's a, a proposal, a red flag law proposal. They are retooling this. So this is something that is already there and Graham is putting his name on it again. Now, I'm simply asking of Cornyn because I don't like to necessarily believe all the media reports, but at the same time, there's a ton of stuff out there saying, well, Cornyn's going to, he's, John Cornyn's going to, uh, he's considered a rational Republican and he can be counted on for gun control stuff, you know, et cetera, et cetera. That's kind of, that's a problem. I want to I have that clarified. There's nothing wrong with asking questions and having it clarified. And I just simply want that. So he just was saying that, well, I'll, you know, I'll say some, basically his response was, I'll say something if there's something to say or whatever. Something yeah, if something develops. But, that, but, but it is developing because they're retooling it. He had tweeted to me, well, here's, here's what I said. I go, for the past two weeks, we've asked John Cornyn to join the broadcast to discuss the Senate's pending gun control legislation. For two weeks, they've said next week. In the past, his staff has reached out to us to inquire about having him join. And I said, considering the proposals in the Senate and the discussion swirling around Cornyn and his potential support or opposition, you know, listeners from our affiliates across the country, not just Texas, would like to hear from him. And so he had responded, Dana, nothing pending now. Happy to come on if something develops. Okay, well, that's the point. Something is literally developing. And he never responded to this part. I said, Graham and Blumenthal are revising the red flag legislation. If that's brought to the floor, would you vote to pass or oppose? I'd much rather get your thoughts directly from you rather than trust what's reported. Which is true. They are literally retooling it now. And they're going to try to sidestep. I mean, it's, it's, it's smart when you want to get around states' rights. They want to sidestep states' rights by hand, hand, dangling out uh, grant money as a bait for states to adopt these. So well, here's one of the things I'm going to do with Red Flag. And I have a couple of pieces coming out on this. They don't work. There's zero evidence to support that they work. In fact, there's like a 34% error rate. And I've got some receipts for you. So we're going to talk about that coming up. But my point is that Graham is retooling the legislation. So it is some it is developing. And that's why I'm asking. I mean, we don't ask just for the sake of picking fights. We don't ask just for the sake of being controversial or sensational. Something legit is happening now. Everybody's been reporting on it. You can watch the progress. They're revising it right now. They're trying to uh, to gauge whether or not they can get 10 Republicans to actually support it in the Senate. Remember, Democrats have a simple majority. And when you look at what's happening coming up in midterms for Democrats, they only have to protect 14 seats. There's 14. I believe it's 14 for Democrats, 22 for Republicans. They're, if Republicans pull this out, we may end up with... Republicans may end up with, you know, a simple majority now, just like Democrats. It's not going to be like the House. The House, it, I mean, we stand to see a shellacking like we saw in 2010. It's not going to be like that in the Senate just because there's not enough seats up in order for that to happen. So if there is a balance, a, a change in the balance of power, it's not going to be a lot. That's why every single race is important. That's why primaries are important. And that's why finding out answers to questions like these and just simply asking people to clarify their positions is important. 14 seats, 14 of these seats. 
And that's pretty significant in all these elections that are coming up, elections from around the country. I was looking at the Newsweek had a great piece on this, too. I know. Because here you have the slimmest majority possible that that Democrats hold power in the Senate. It's not even five months now. 14, I was correct, 14 Democrats, 21 held by Republicans. Democrats cannot lose one seat. But according to uh, the Cook Report and the uh, Sabato's Crystal Ball, those are considered likely D, safe seats. So those seats are not seats that they can flip. Democrats stand a better chance of flipping Republican seats than Republicans stand to flip Democrat seats going in midterms. That is why it's important. Now, in Pennsylvania, you had McCormick who conceded and you have Dr. Oz who won. Barely. Barely. I mean, I wish that he I wish that he would you know be forthright about where he stands on these two a issues particularly considering where we're going is he going to oppose due due process destroying red flag proposals what about the federal registry that's required by universal background checks if not how is he any different from a democrat i mean i i genuinely hope that Oz explains his positions, if not to me, who's been asking for forever, then someone else who at least will, maybe they'll give him softballs and they won't dig too deep into it, but at least they'll give a little clarity on it. Because I don't want to add to Schumer's numbers, but I want guarantees against soft, squishy Republicans. And I think that's a legitimate concern. All right, we have all of that plus... I'm going to dive into the receipts for Red Flag. Additionally, Uvalde, more developments. The mother who jumped in to rescue her kids said cops threatened her if she went in to save them. Ooh, and no one is responding now. The school board, oh man, it's this is Parkland all over again. I've talked a lot about the Caltech KSG shotgun over the years, and it's no secret how much I love it. It's become the go-to shotgun for law enforcement and home defense, and for a really good reason. Uh, but why am I such a huge fan of the Caltech KSG? Well, like everything that Caltech invents, it created an entirely new class of shotgun. And the one that started it all is the KSG shotgun. It's the first 12-gauge pump-action shotgun chambered for three-inch shells. And with its dual tube mags, offers a capacity of 12 plus one. So that's six rounds in each tube plus one chambered. If you prefer two and three quarter inch shells, even better because the KSG holds seven plus seven plus one. That's 15 shells. You cannot ignore the downward shell ejection either. It makes the KSG truly ambidextrous and ejects shells away from your face. It's brilliant design. See the Keltec KSG up close and personal at KeltecWeapons.com. That's K E L. TECweapons.com. Again, to find out more, visit KeltecWeapons.com. Cancel culture is coming to your bank and holding the wrong political views might soon leave you out in the cold. I'm Bill Walton. On the latest episode of The Bill Walton Show, Todd Zwicky, Paul Watkins, and I discuss what is already happening, how the Biden administration is already pursuing this agenda, and what we can do about it. This progressive culture offensive is relentless. It's coming for you, and you won't hear about this anywhere else. Follow The Bill Walton Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Oh my gosh, so the drama with Twitter is continuing. Elon Musk, rightfully, is saying, look, I think you guys gave me inflated data upon which to base my offer to purchase Twitter. And can I see, you know, actually, can I see behind the curtain? Can I see this? And so as a result now, I guess Twitter's been resisting. His lawyers are sending them a a letter threatening to terminate the deal overstated inflated user data. They say Musk reserves all rights resulting therefrom, including his right not to consummate the transaction and his right to terminate the merger. And he that's I mean, he's makes a good point because that's where the value comes from. The value comes from, I mean, they, what they said that their engagement is. So I understand his question on this. This is very interesting. If you have an old iPad laying around, you might be able to make Linux run on it soon. Developers say that they have a Linux booting on, that they have Linux booting on devices using Apple A7 and A8 based chips. That's actually pretty fascinating. It has to be like 2013 or 2014 era iPad. I think I actually have one of those and I kind of want to do this now. They said that it, because it's not getting updates from Apple and it doesn't run any of the apps that you need. So they've been working on alternative software. And they said that there was, they have a Linux kernel version 5.8 booting on an old iPad Air 2. They said it's a huge thing for a device that's never, was never actually designed to run any kind of OS other than Apple's. So that's actually pretty cool. They use an Alpine Linux-based distribution called Postmarket OS. It's um, a small but actively developed distribution that's made for Android. So I think we'll, who knows, man, you could jailbreak these things and put this, put, you know, have other operating systems on them. I think that's kind of, that's kind of cool. That's uh, from Ars Technica. And then Poison Control says kids are ingesting melatonin and it spiked 530% over 10 years. How was this happening? I mean, what are you supposed to take? Like maybe not 10 milligrams or something? I don't know. Are they giving them to sleep? Sick with us. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Fortunately, from the other side of the aisle, what we're seeing is not very much by way of concrete ideas, right? Uh, we've heard uh, something from Senator Rick Scott about raising taxes on uh, uh, lower and middle income Americans. There's a continued push to uh, uh, reduce or to, to remove the ACA. And you have, uh, you know, continued culture wars. But, uh, you know, what, what we have in the administration and working with partners of our, uh, in Congress who are uh, coming through with a number of good ideas is to continue to take the steps that are needed, uh, both on the price side and on the growth side, to keep our economy strong. So that's Mayor Poot, who has the Rona. He just, 
And now he said he's, uh, what is it? He's quarantining, right? Quarantine. <laughs> Quarantine. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here. Yes, I know. Kane's like, you didn't say Linux. I, and I'm not going to because the way that I, my, de- my device to remember it, like for so many years was to say, was to Linus, Linus and Linux. It sounds the same. So that's how I remember it. I also say Pello and I don't care how the guy who invented GIFs says it. I'm going to say GIF for all of my life. I don't care. Don't care because it's my world. So I'm going to miss, I will mispronounce everything because I want to. It's, I can identify as that, right? If somebody can just, you know, just saying. I agree with you on the GIF. Because it's a it's a graphics interchange format. That's what GIF stands for. G G graphics. So GIF. It makes sense to call it GIF is just dumb. It's peanut butter. It's dumb. Yes, exactly. GIF's peanut butter. Which also reminds me how screwed up sometimes the English language can be. Right, like I before E except in like weird and a whole bunch of other words. I before E except after C and a whole bunch of other words. Yeah. Anyway, long because I knew I'm gonna probably somebody's I'm gonna have. Like our tech people, Dana, what in the world? I don't care. Also, pillow, wash, and milk. There you go. Mm-hmm. It's milk. That's right. Milk. Yeah, from cows. Mm-hmm. All right. So, <laughs> yeah, Mayor Poot has the Rona, and he was on all the Sunday morning talk shows living his best life over the weekend. So I don't know if they all have it or not. I, I don't even care. When honestly, even though I kind of want to laugh because of their hypocrisy, because if it was anyone else, they would have said, oh, you're a super spreader. Okay, so what? You have coronavirus. It's endemic. It's a virus, okay? Unless you are you have like a serious ailment, then I think you're going to be okay. And if someone has a serious ailment and they're scared, then don't demand that the world adjust everything to live to your needs. You adjust how you need to live to your needs. The end. I, I almost don't even care, right? Now I'm saying this because I'm so I'm going to be going on vacation finally for the first time in three years. I know I'm going to be not in my house. It'll be nice. I mean, I've left my house, but you know what I mean to go on a family vacation. And if I test positive and they don't let me back in the country, I you sit you you guys think I'm joking and I'm not. I'm literally going to fly to Mexico and I'm going to walk right over the Rio. I am not joking. I will literally illegally enter my own country. Grab some uh, baby formula on your way back. Yeah, from Europe. I'm going to get some and then like I'll run. I'll run with it while people chase me because it's not only did they, do they not know. I mean, I, I, I entered without you know checking all the boxes. But then also she's got baby formula, which apparently our government thinks is more dangerous than drugs coming across the border. So just saying so that should be fun. I'm not joking. I'm actually going to do it. You, I mean, I'm, I've already been looking at the best places to fly into in order to make this happen. So I could, I could be on the news because it's stupid. Do they, there are other viruses out there that are, that are more contagious and, you know, that are a little more difficult to live with than this at this point. And, and you still have, the United States is the only one, the only country that's still doing this. Well, besides, I think Canada and Australia and some of the other, you know, the places where they took all the people's guns, those I don't know. All right. So he has the Rona. He's now quarantining. And I actually, so he's, is he, he says he's still going to be able to work, but I'm just not, not, uh, 
Is he working? I don't know what he does. I know he's the in transportation department, relying upon his vast knowledge of buses in order to do his job. But I don't. Other than that, I don't. I can't name anything that he's done. What is? What has he done? I don't know. Nobody knows. He's just there occupying a space, making it look like something's happening, but nothing is. Right? He's the guy who gets to be the principal for a day, and you don't actually get to do anything except watch the principal work, and you get to maybe use the the intercom system in order to make a couple of announcements about lunch. And that's the extent of what you can do. He's like a showpiece there. All right, we got the gay guy. Check. Where are we going to put him? Put him in transportation. Eh, they don't do anything over there. Put him over there. That's true. Anyone who's ever driven on an Illinois road is like, you guys have a Department of Transportation? If you, if you, if you uh, drive on an Illinois road, you might get a concussion. Kane's like, yeah, because Kane lived there. He knows. Definitely will have vehicle damage. Oh, for, for sure. real. I mean, that's if you don't get murdered. <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> you gotta, depending on if you're near St. Louis to Chicago, if you can avoid getting murdered, then you're going to get a concussion. And then all of the all of the sweet people that you don't hear about and they're totally they're totally wrongly represented. They outnumber the people who represent them, but they're represented by Cook County. They just stay away. You can't find them. You got to get on back roads and then go find their little havens. They all live. They all live out in rural areas, beautiful areas. They stay away from the bad stuff. Oh, my gosh. All right. So. A couple other things I was telling you with regard to the red flag stuff. This is a the the bill that um, Lindsey Graham is retooling with Richard Blumenthal. This is a bill that they've had before. That I went. To, I was trying to look at my notes and see when they actually introduced the, when they had it the first time. This was after Parkland, and I know Rubio had a bill that was like similar to this, but they ended up. They are, they're changing a few things on it. They haven't made anything public yet. But here's the problem with the red flag, uh, the red flag legislation. So Graham's is a bill that is going to incentivize states not to adopt school security standards, not to adopt, you know, SROs with grant money, uh, not to for anything with mental health, nothing like that. It's specifically about diminishing due process and that's exactly what it is because our due process system allows for a respondent to face accusations in a court before a judge be evaluated by a mental health professional and then makes the state prove the guilt of the respondent before rendering a penalty if the evidence supports it and i've said if it's serious enough to remove a right it's serious enough to go before a judge red flags reverse the innocent until proven guilty and they make respondents prove their innocence after they are penalized in an ex parte process. Now, ex parte process means it is a process they don't even know is happening until it's done. That's what that means. And the standard of proof is so far reduced in the state of New York, imminent threat is not even required. So if... The petitioners, i.e., if the state cannot produce clear and convincing evidence appropriate for an ex parte order, then such an order to seize people's arms should not be granted. Now, there was a great, uh, Dave uh, Koppel, did, he testified, I think this is like in 2018, 2019, 
it, and he did a really good job of breaking everything down with regards to the incorrect, the the errors rather in this whole in the process because he thinks that it's like something like thirty four percent error. Where there are others that think the error is even greater, meaning that they are wrongly, these orders are wrongly given and that innocent people are punished. And there's no imminent threat or threat, period. That's what many of the, he's, he's studied it and so have others, and that's what the findings have concluded. And many of the states with red flag orders, like Maryland, they immediately require law enforcement to show up and seize property. There was a guy who was killed in this already because it creates a highly dangerous situation. And a lot of it's no knock. Um, they did knock on this guy's door in Maryland, and it, but it was like at three in the morning. So if you get a bang on your door at three in the morning, yeah, you're going to be a little suspicious, especially when it's an ex parte process and you have no idea what's going on. And not every state affords a state appointed lawyer to the person who is accused to represent them to clear their name and restore their rights. California doesn't. In Indiana, police can, police can seize guns without having a court order at all. As long as they then come back and then support their seizure later and to a judge uh, through the, and say, oh, yeah, it's supported by probable cause. And as long as they file, you know, the paperwork necessary and show the judge this, then after, then it's fine. Now, they say it's supposed to take two weeks to restore your rights, but there are stories of this process lasting for months. Case in point, behavioral science and law conducted an eight-year study and found the average length of time to restore your rights and take back your confiscated property is nine months. And in their story, in their study, every single firearm owner, that the, the people who, everybody who contested won their case, there wasn't even a presence of a threat. There is not, amongst the states that have passed red flag laws, there is not a single law in existence that does not reverse due process. Our existing process is to have the court determine ineligibility. It is a process that is that still works. Now, if there are ways to protect due process and speed up the bureaucracy or give those cases priority, then fine, look at that. Give those cases priority, perhaps. But you don't abridge or shorten the time uh and 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 skip steps if it's serious enough then it'll be done get a mental health professional to evaluate it'll be done and i don't know if that means more advocacy if that means republicans need to go out and start talking about the steps that people can take but not every killer has a mental health issue and sometimes they're just evil And every single one of these murderers were known to law enforcement. Every single one. I've written two books about this. I have explored these cases at length. Every single one was well known. The killer in Uvalde was threatening to rape, kidnap, and kill women, sending threats to women. That's already something that would have rendered him a prohibited possessor. He was putting cats in bags, swinging them around, and beating them to death. And, and showing them on video. Everybody knew this, 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 this murderer, this killer. He's not a kid. This killer was, not, was evil. I don't think he's nuts. I think he was evil. I think that's the trick with evil. Evil wants to convince you that it's a mental problem. Mental illness problem. And it gets conflated. And then it stigmatizes people who want to seek help for mental illness. 
And it doesn't help when you have Democrats out there conflating gang and drug violence like what we saw over the weekend with you know crazy or evil mass shooters. Because that's been their top headline. We'll talk more about that. No, this red flag bill is incentivizing expansion. They're trying to they're trying to sidestep the argument against nationalizing red flag by saying, no, 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 it's respecting states' rights. We're offering grant money, our tax dollars, to states that diminish their due process and adopt this method of dealing with firearm owners. Do you trust a government? And I've said this many times before for several years now. Do you trust the government that used the IRS to go after people expressing their free speech and assembly with a reduced due process to go after you, maybe and seize your property, just it can be used for abuse and it's, there's not a lot of protection against it? Do you reduce that? Do you, do you trust that government to invert due process? The same government that went after individuals for working on a campaign? The same government that allowed 300,000 some odd veterans on this 78th anniversary, 74th, uh, the the anniversary of D-Day. Do you honestly, do we think this, that you trust that government to do this? Remember that story? There was how many veterans? It was like 306,000 that they said may have languished because of that, because of the, the, uh, lack of management and the horrible care. 78th anniversary of G-Day. Do you, do you trust that kind of government? I don't. We have more on this as well. And uh, I have even state-by-state studies. All the states that have implemented this, there's studies that examine every one of them. They didn't reduce crime rates either. It's getting hot outside, mostly from all the grills firing up. Summer grilling is upon us, and if you're looking for the perfect cuts to put on your grill this year, look no further than Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers is the place to get 100% American meat this summer. I love how easy it is to get all my favorite cuts of beef, chicken, and even seafood shipped right to my door. With meat prices higher than ever, Good Ranchers is giving you free steaks. That's right, free steaks. So right now, get two free 18-ounce prime center cut ribeyes with my code Dana. That's a $100 offer free to you. Visit GoodRanchers.com slash Dana for over two pounds of free ribeye steaks added to your order at no cost to you. This is a limited time deal, so don't miss out on your free 18 ounce prime center cut ribeyes because I promise you they're not going to be around for long. Visit GoodRanchers.com slash Dana and use code Dana. That's GoodRanchers.com slash Dana, code Dana. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. Red meat, black coffee, truth-telling. The Dana Show. On this day, 78 years ago, the greatest generation of Americans completely faced evil head-on and stormed the beaches of Normandy. And it is, I think it's one of the wildest and riskiest riskiest invasions ever and the casualties i mean they've been estimated i mean what i think for of the allied deaths it was over it was over well well over 4000 i mean i think that they the allied well actually 4,414 confirmed dead, but they said that 
goes up to like 9,000. I mean, and then you have the injuries and you have, I mean, it's a, it's a lot. My husband's grandfather was what they called, um, they called them dog faces, dog face. And that's, um, that was the, he was an infantryman in World War II and he was there and he ended up uh, getting, he ended up getting blown up in battle and he awoke in a U.S. hospital. Uh, well, it was over there in, in, in Europe. And when he came to, there was a German nurse and he was, he's like, oh my gosh, I've been taken as a POW. But it was actually just a German nurse who had been taken prisoner, but had, de- had actually defected and was caring for soldiers. All this, I mean, just the, just amazing. The largest amphibious invasion in history. 78th anniversary. I think that was, that's like one of the greatest marks, I think, of humanity. The unity of everyone around the world against evil. And we're getting so far removed from that sacrifice. We have more to come. Another hour on the way. Stick with us. Throughout the day, everyone feels fatigue and failing endurance, and it can't be fixed with more caffeine. This is why I take Super Beats Heart Chews. They're a tasty treat that gives you the energy you need and are good for you. No guilt and no more afternoon coffees or energy drinks or candy for a quick pick-me-up. I take two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Chews as part of my daily routine and to promote heart-healthy energy for my day without a caffeine crash or all of the processed sugar. And I've personally begun taking Super Beats Heart Chews for a while now, and I know it makes a difference in my energy. Plus, the grapeseed extract used in Super Beats Heart Chews supports normal blood pressure and is heart-healthy. Take charge of your health and do what I do every day and take Super Beats Heart Juice. For my listeners only, you can get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. That's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com up to 45% off at danasbeats.com. Will we actually acknowledge the reasons why we are the only country, the only developed country, where this happens on a routine basis? And the idea that... Us being the only developed country where this happens routinely, especially in terms of the mass shootings, is somehow a result of the design of the doorways on our school buildings is the definition of insanity, if not the definition of denial. That's Mayor Poot, who's, oh, he's never had to worry about this issue. Welcome back to the program. Second hour of our show. Happy Monday to you. 78th anniversary. So I don't like saying anniversary. Observance. Of D-Day. Anniversary sounds like a happy... So I mean, it is. You're happy that they won, but man, at a great cost. Dana Lash here with you. DanaLash.com. Make sure you sign up for that newsletter, chapter and verse. And I I don't think that he understands. This is really toned up, I think, from, from Mayor Poot. And it's very reductive. Maliciously reductive. Trying to reduce the entire argument down to well some doorway designs he this is a guy who i don't know what his qualifications are to make determinations about school security but i dare say that mine are greater and that most moms and dads actually are i would say that educators have more and definitely people who are actually in security who I'm sure shaking their heads at what he just said. You're talking about control of ingress and egress. 
so that you can see who's coming in and who doesn't. If that doesn't work, then tell me, why do we have border checkpoints? If it doesn't work, then why do we have those kind of entries and exits at airports and stadiums and concert halls, arenas, banks? I could go on and on. There's a reason why. And for him to reduce it down to that, that was one of a multitude of suggestions. He makes a mockery of school security, and it shows that he doesn't take this issue seriously enough. And I find that incredibly depressing and sad. You know, these parents, have you heard some of these developments? I read one of the, I made a mistake and read one of these stories yesterday. Because I was starting, I always try to, I've been trying to make a more concerted effort to stay away from news except some legislative stuff when Congress is in session on the weekends. Because you have to, you have to take a break. And also because I think it, you get so close to the issue and you follow it so closely that it narrows your, your, your vision. And, and I like to take a step back and sort of reset and look at, you know, the big picture again and then go from there. And I may, I read one of these stories about these parents who are furious and they are speaking out about what happened in Uvalde. And I immediately had to stop reading the article. I was so livid. I felt hot. My cheeks felt hot. I was so angry. I, I cannot even imagine. So this first piece is from the New York Times. I know, but every now and then they do some pretty even-handed things. They said that the commander at the scene first arrived for uh, first arrived on scene and 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 did not have a radio. No way of communicating with other officers there. And that was an immediate delay. As the, and they could still hear this guy firing. And that is when reportedly Chief Arandondo took charge, but he didn't have the police radio. Uh, that impeded his ability, according to officials there uh, who spoke to New York Times, impeded his ability to immediately communicate with dispatchers. Two supervisors from the local PD were grazed by bullets at, that were fired from the killer. And that's when Aaron Dondo, the official said, made the decision to fall back. He used a cell phone and called a police landline with a message that set the stage, what they said would be a, the delay. He said that the killer had a rifle but was contained. They need the building surrounded and needed more firepower. He was contained with kids. Oh, my gosh. They didn't confront immediately as they had been trained to do since Columbine in 1999. And so they had the ever-growing force outside. They held back for about an hour. The tactical team that was led by Border Patrol and apparently included a number of people who were off-duty and heard finally the dispatch and just showed up to the area. Uh, According to officials, and this is why the language was so cagey, Remember we were talking about that? Like, were they off-duty? Who responded? How many responded? Who specifically breached the classroom? Have you noticed that there were no specific details on that from the get-go? I want you to compare that, those initial press conferences, with the, what you heard 
from the chief of police in Tulsa. That chief of police was like, at approximately this second and this second, that man gave you a step, an exhaustive step-by-step to the point where, and I've never seen this, there were like two questions afterwards and that was it. That was it. Because he had so fulfilled the questions. That's a good cop. This wasn't. But the good cop, they got them Border Patrol officers. They ignored those orders and they went in. And now you have some people who are speaking. And apparently the officers that breached the classrooms, they were not a formal tactical unit, according to people are talking to the press because they want this to be. You you have to know what happened in order to figure out how to make it better. And they were they were specially trained Border Patrol and ICE agents and one sheriff's deputy. They formed this ad hoc group on their own. They gathered in the hallway and they were done waiting permission. And they were like, all right, let's do it. And apparently there was one of them heard a command crackling in his earpiece. Do not breach. They did it anyway and killed the killer. Parents are infuriated. The Uvalde School Board now has to answer questions. The parents said that they're livid. The district did not do anything about the chief who, who held everybody back. One of the parents said the school board was, quote, a joke. We want answers to where security is going to take place. I'm going to tell you what. You think that you, I mean, you saw parents standing up to school boards previously. Wait, do you see this now? They are outraged. And one woman, one mom, is now speaking out about what exactly happened to her. We saw some of the videos. There are a couple different videos out there showing these parents outside the school being held back. The screams that you heard, I've seen protests and stuff before where people have screamed and you can tell the difference between something that is staged or it's not staged, something that is, you know, people are doing it for the sake of drama and then something that is guttural and almost not of this world because the pain is so real. And that's what I was hearing from the parents outside. Uh, Anjali Gomez has two kids at that school. And both of her kids had graduation ceremonies. She talked with CBS. She said she was able to get inside the school and get her two kids despite the cops's, that she said the cops' efforts to thwart her. It's particularly Arandondo and the chief's folks. They, she said, Gomez said that the police had contacted her and said the media attention she was generating for criticizing them could lead to obstruction of justice charges. Now, Reason Magazine had a separate piece on that, talking about how insane it is. And she was terrified to talk about this because they told her she apparently, uh, I don't know what, it, they didn't get into it, but they said her, she was on probation for something. And they said that her probation, uh, she said she was holding back from sharing her story because a, a judge told her she was brave and her probation would be shortened. So they were trying to intimidate from what she's saying and from what other folks are saying there was like apparently a move to try to intimidate 
people from speaking out about this, the parents? This is crazy. Now, she had first talked to the Wall Street Journal because I think they just happened to have a reporter. And she had two sons there. When she heard what was happening about the shooting, she she drove uh, like a bat out of Hades 40 miles to find all the police standing outside. They briefly handcuffed her because she uh, said that she was endangering herself in the name of getting her kids out. Oh, my gosh. Welcome to Parenthood. Parenthood is accepting that you endanger yourself to protect your kids. Gosh, and when you're a parent, you see your kid and every kid, you you would endanger yourself to protect other people's kids. Now, all of the cagey language, honestly, I got to say, seems deliberate. Here's what I don't want conservatives to do. I get it that everybody's very sensitive to everything that the left has done regarding defund the police and all that stuff. You have to realize that that is a separate issue from what's happening here. And I think most do, but there are some who don't. Because just like you had, you know, you, you Scott Israel in Parkland, apparently, I'm just saying the initial reporting is not reflecting well on this Pete Arandondo. There were, thankfully, there were good cops there that didn't listen to the orders and they went in and breached that classroom. But there were bad cops there, apparently. And there are bad cops. Thankfully, there are more good than bad, but there are bad cops. I know I sat on a stage in an arena right next to one who blamed me for his lack of duty. I know because I had one who used to run Austin PD, Art Acevedo, who threatened me, saying that he and the police department, he threatened me in writing on Twitter, and it's still up and I have it, that they would watch me because I criticized his stance on gun control. I know bad cops are out there because I've seen them and I've interacted with them myself. But I also know that if it hadn't been for good cops, you wouldn't have had these off-duty guys like the gentleman in the barbershop who took his barber's shotgun, went, saved all these kids, including his wife and daughter. Or that one Border Patrol agent who made this ad hoc group with some other off-duty guys and they breached that classroom door. The reason why it is so important to find out what's going on isn't about apportioning blame. It's to figure out how to refine response time. And you also have to remember one other point. I back lawful enforcement. I don't back unconstitutional, any enforcement of unconstitutional measures. And never forget, you can support, but that does not mean that you withhold any kind of critical eye. Don't forget the response to the two nail techs out in West Texas who were arrested. Or Shelley Luther, the hairstylist who was arrested over lockdown because she was trying to earn a living. That had to be enforced and someone had to slap the cuffs on. Remember that. Folks, how much control do you really have over your finances? So lately we've seen an all-out assault on freedoms and liberties by the government. Mask mandates, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, everybody trying to limit 
whether or not you can even go to a grocery store or restaurant. And we've seen how quickly the government can infringe on your personal freedoms, and they do the same with your finances. This is why I believe in diversifying with gold. Gold is physical. Gold is tangible. And gold is safe from government control and gives you true control over your wealth, control that isn't tied to government-regulated financial markets. The folks at Legacy Precious Metals are the gold standard when it comes to investing in precious metals, and their team of experts can counsel you on the best options for you and your family. Take control of your financial situation and call Legacy Precious Metals at 866-580-2088 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So this is a weird, weird story coming out of NBC Channel 5 and DFW, a Tarrant County Sheriff's deputy. Uh, this is this is crazy. He was on a call. He responded to a call about 5 p.m. yesterday. And right when he responded, he passed out right at the scene and died. He died there. That's insane. They, 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 another deputy was on scene, acted quickly, began CPR, and he was rushed to Harris Hospital. And the Tarrant County Medical Examiner is going to determine the cause of death. I, I mean, I hope it wasn't like a massive cardiac event or something, but good heavens, that's just not, I mean, you show up on the call and then that happens. That's terrifying. Uh, also, there was a very interesting new uh straw poll that was conducted and in this poll forgive me uh this was in it's a measure in colorado the western conservative summit very grassrooty very conservative group and desantis won the straw poll 71 uh trump was 67 I just think, now you're going to have the media try to drive a wedge here. What you should take away from this is, isn't it great that there are so many people on the Republican bench that Republicans, I mean, our problem is options. What do they got on the left? Nothing. We got a lot more, including the Rays and GT, uh, LB, whatever logo, rainbow logos on the unit. Just because the Biden administration paused their creation of a disinformation board doesn't mean the fight is over. This is why I'm a proud supporter of Patriot Mobile. Across the country, free speech, religious liberty, and your constitutional rights are under constant attack, which is why I'm proud to support Patriot Mobile. Free activation with Code Dana, America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. Same nationwide coverage as the major carriers and peace of mind that your money is combating the left's attempt to silence you. Plans to fit any budget and 100% U.S.-based customer support team provides exceptional customer support, shares your values, and supports organizations fighting for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, and our veteran and first responder heroes. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with offer code Dana. Veterans and first responders save even more, so make the switch today. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares your values. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. Or call 972-PATRIOT. Dana gives you the meat and potatoes news of the day. None of that tofu news. More like bacon with a side of hash browns news. The news you want, the way you want it. The Dana Show. We know we can do something that would have prevented this. Raising the age. Mm-hmm. Making sure that the age at least gives us a chance to work that person, see and evaluate and, and have a little maturity to them. And the second thing is that... Uh, 
uh, that we know that the red flag laws do work as long as there's due process. So you think raising the age from 18 to 21 for all gun purchases? Well, that's it's, it's where it is. Everything except for rifles and long run long guns right now, or if it's just for these high high capacity weapons, mm -hmm. uh, whatever they want to do, I'm open to doing something that makes sense. Why do you think people even need an AR-15? Do people need I one? Know. I mean, you have to ask the people that do. I never thought I had a need for that type of a high high capacity automatic weapon. Well, well, that's first off, it's not a high capacity automatic weapon. Welcome back to the program, Dana Lash here. That's Joe Manchin. I don't. Now, let me set the table here because I'm not I'm not I'm a hyper partisan on ideology, but I like to, you know, people are people. I don't dislike him. He seems like a dude I'd get along with. Like, he seems like a dude I'd have a beer with. Right. I mean, he seems, you know, he just he's he seems like a good dude. He's so wrong here. Oh, my gosh. So wrong. He is as wrong as high waisted pants are as a style trend. He's so bad wrong. Not even anywhere remotely near truth. Bless his heart. I mean the southern way, bless his heart. But this, first off, let me start with the age thing. Because I'm going to tell you something. I have been seeing, I've been having some private conversations with people. And these aren't just you know, campaign folks or consultant folks. Some of these people are, I would say, I hate this phrase. Actually, I'll just say, like editorialists. People who have influence. I hate the phrase influencer. I hate that. It's stupid. What do you, like with what? What, do you, what is your medium? I think your medium defines you, right? Editorialists or a couple talking heads that we would identify as maybe being conservative or Republican who are kind of wavering on this the age thing particularly now I've had a couple of dis I've had a couple of um decisions or a couple of conversations I like Kane goes I've had beer with people who are wrong yeah all the time these folks think that, and I understand they think that there should be some kind of like actual legitimate age. Like, okay, here's the age at which you're considered an adult. I think that's so arbitrary. And we all talked, I'm pulling up my notes on this. We all talked just last week about this. The age of most of these mass casualty incidents are, these are people over the age of 21. Most of them. I think one of the oldest was 64 years old, and that was the killer in Vegas. And Kane makes a really good point. Whether you like it or not, this is a, and I say natural right because it is legally different from a civil right. A civil right is a right that is created in a court of law for you by other people, subject to restriction. A natural right is something that you have that government can only affirm. That is a natural right. Are we also, as Cain noted, going to now only allow people freedom of speech when they hit a certain age? The right to peacefully assemble? The right to worship how they want? 
all of the rights associated with a free press? Are we now going to limit those rights to whatever arbitrary age the government sets? And by doing that, yeah, the right to counsel, etc. They are trying to take a natural right and turn it into a civil right. Now, you are probably different from me. Most people are. I think that there are too many abridgments already on 2A. GCA, NFA, ATF, ABC, you know, all of it. So this is just added to this. When you look at red flags, the red flag laws too, the age thing is you're removing someone's right without any kind of due process. That's what you're doing. It's a penalty. You're getting penalized. And I'm against this because this will be used for a million things. In addition to that, the red flag laws don't work. There's not any evidence at all whatsoever that shows that they work. Do you realize uh, all of the states that have red flag laws and have had them, they still have mass casualty incidents? California, Colorado, they are still having them. I mean, we, they don't work. There's no evidence. New York, New York has red flag laws. Red flag laws didn't work for Buffalo, despite the fact that the guy told a retired FBI agent what he was going to do. And still nobody acted. California's didn't work. Colorado. There is more concrete evidence in the number of cases within the states that already have them and enforce them of wrongly issued orders also because the very design of red flag is completely ripe for error and abuse. You can't say red flags that that protect due process. That is an oxymoron. Their design is to reduce it for speed. The problem is that there are already a number of ways to speedily address such an issue. But there is no speed faster than being your own first responder. There's, I I, I mentioned this study that behavioral science and law conducted. They did an eight-year study on red flags. And they discovered there are a few thousand that were wrongly issued. And in every single case where they were contested, the firearm owner won. Dave Koppel testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee. He brought a lot of receipts on this a couple of years ago. What I'm going to do is I'm going to embed the PDF of his testimony in your newsletter that you will, I'm sending out a separate newsletter this evening at Substack, different from chapter and verse, the radio prep that I send in the morning. And I'm going to have that PDF. You need to read it. It's actually not very long. I want you to read the full thing. Please. He was, he works with Independent Institute in Denver. He said there are so many procedural safeguards that were absolutely, they, people just absolutely failed to adopt. And that's a huge, that's one of the biggest problems. And there's not a single thing. He's like, he said, it's a great idea on paper. You're guilty until you prove yourself innocent. And that's what it is. 
That's exactly what it is. A third of gun confiscation orders are wrongly issued against innocent people. A third. Because it is a case, it is a, it is a procedure where the judge is only hearing one person, one side, and they're acting from that. I mean, that's what the ex parte process is. Do you trust your government on that? Do you trust the justice system on this? I don't. Here's, where's this headline that I have to prove my point on this? The, um, here, let me share this headline with you. There was a hit and run driver. And this was uh, in Los Angeles. A teenage driver was sentenced to five to seven months in juvenile probation camp after he ran over a woman and her eight-month-old baby. There's video of it. He was in a stroller. The baby was in the stroller. The mom saw the car coming. She was like on the side of the road, literally plastered against a building, trying to get make sure minimizing any obstruction her physical being might cause which tells me she was already anticipating something. Her gut is telling her something. The car was stolen, and it accelerated and veered towards the woman with the stroller. She couldn't get over anymore. She turned to take the brunt of the impact and protect her baby. Ran over a mom and child in Venice, Venice Beach. The LADA, George Gascon, sentenced the teen to five, seven months in a juvie camp. The driver was already probation was already on probation at the time of the crash. He had poisoned. He was convicted of felony poisoning. He spiked a teen a teenage girl's drink at a high school, and she had to be hospitalized. <laughs> they didn't charge him with assault with a deadly weapon. Thankfully, the baby was uninjured. The mom got a cut on her elbow, and that was it. Thank heavens. Now that you have that story, do you trust the justice system? In a red flag situation where they only hear one side of the story? I don't. The same justice system where the IRS was preventing Tea Partiers from actually coming together and peacefully assemble as is their natural right. And they were thwarting that through IRS procedure for years. And they actually had to settle because they were found guilty. Do you trust that same? Do you trust these people, these entities? I don't. Today, it's red flags with firearms. What if it's red flags with drugs? What if someone calls the cops on you because they say you got drugs and you're dangerous? You're penalized and punished, and you have to prove yourself innocent in a court of law, opposite of due process. Don't think that this is just about guns, folks. It starts with guns. It'll never stay with it. That's the danger. I'm all for advocacy about the processes to make it to where people who have other have whether they know somebody or someone in their family that's a danger to themselves or others i'm all for if we need advocacy for that to make people aware of this but you got to ask yourself a question you had the dude in buffalo telling everybody what he's going to do you had the dude in Uvalde tell everyone. Apparently, the guy in Buffalo told a retired FBI guy, a retired FBI agent. It, there's times when people don't say anything. In Parkland, they did. 40 some odd times. 
The police were at that killer's house. They knew. Sometimes the people assigned to do something don't do something. We have more to come. I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to have a a giant piece specifically on that issue that I'm going to send out to you. Because I, this is not limited to firearms. And the gun control people don't care. They don't care. They just, they're like, this is, we're not going to talk about any other issue. We just want to, they're using it to expand control over this. We'll talk more as we move on. Because we got Florida Man on the way. We don't. We want to make sure we got Florida Man because it's all. It's probably been a busy weekend. The Dana Show, sponsored by thirty years of game-changing Caltech innovation, like the P50, a new breed of pistol. Innovation, performance, Caltech. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. So I guess when you got to go, you got to go. I don't know. I just. So we had last week a story about a dude who took a deuce in a Walmart. Now it's a dude who took a deuce in the surf style shop. A surf shop in, in Lakeland, Florida. A 69 year old man defecated on the floor near a dressing room. He apparently was at the store earlier to get clothes. He told this to police they he's facing charges of criminal mischief i'm just you don't ask for a bathroom real right i don't a florida man another one lake mary obviously a florida man is facing multiple charges deputies say he stabbed multiple people at a bar while drunk early saturday morning we needn't common sense knife control according to seminole county sheriff's office deputies responded to the thirsty whale according to fox 35 thirsty whale and in lake mary around 2 a.m to investigate a bar fight witnesses told deputies that kenneth bradford parvu was extremely intoxicated and tried to escalate helpfully an argument between his two friends at some point parvu reportedly pulled out a pocket knife and started swinging it, cutting a man and a woman in the arm and another man in the face and arms. He was arrested and faces charges of aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. Now, I'm only looking at the man's mugshot, and I am going to just guess that his arms are probably half the width of mine, and that's why he was swinging that knife and talking real big. I'm just saying. An Alargo woman carved a name into a car window and bit a police officer, say police. This woman in Pinellas County, Florida, was arrested Friday after police said she was caught on camera carving her name into the window of a vehicle and then bit a responding officer. She used a rock to bang and carve her name into this passenger window. And while they tried to place her in custody for it, she braced, tensed, pushed, pulled, and then bit an officer. She was charged with criminal mischief, batter on a law enforcement officer, and resisting an officer with violence. And there you had it. And I do have a quick one. Florida man had his golf ball stolen by an alligator, and he let the gator have it. Unlike the Frisbee man who went to try to fight a gator for his Frisbee. Stay with us another hour on the way. It's been very striking right now. 
to see these oil companies uh, who have become almost ridiculously profitable. And you hear these oil executives on the record talking about how they're not going to increase production. Uh, why would they? They're doing great right now. It's why the president has called for a use it or lose it policy, where if you're sitting on these thousands of permits like these oil executives have been, and you're not doing anything with them, then you're going to be held accountable for that. Now, so far, congressional Republicans have blocked action to do something like that. But we think that's another step that would make a difference okay, among the many, many steps presidents already. That's Mayor Poot's secretary, transportation, Mayor Poot, Buttigieg. Uh, welcome back to the program, third hour of the show. Dana Lash here with you. Uh, that's So you have the administration that creates a problem dragging out the approval of drilling because there are several different types of leases. Leases just to get the land, leases to, uh, and then you have to have per- permits to explore the land, separate permits to drill it, et cetera, et cetera. No one's sitting on anything. Well, the only people sitting on anything are those with leases that are that are uh, involved in litigation, whether it's from uh, the Bureau of Land Management, the original BLM, or uh, the EPA. And there are thousands of those that are ongoing. So the idea that these people are just sitting on it is, this, is stupid. He doesn't know anything about energy. He knows nothing. He doesn't talk to these people. He knows nothing. They create a problem by dragging it out. And then they're like, look at these people sitting there and doing nothing because we've tied them up in litigation. Isn't that crazy? That user. Oh, geez. I think that's why Biden likes him because he's like a young Biden in a way. Right. He's just clueless. Just kind of dopey. Right. That's not me. I'm just, you know, it's just the way that it's true. Biden was saying uh, people, Americans aren't believing this. Audio Sunbite 7. He addressed uh, again how his administration is dealing with the issue of inflation. I've been up front with the American people from the outset that there would be a cost here at home of Putin's decision to brutally and savagely invade a sovereign nation. But as your president, I remain committed to doing everything in my power to blunt the impact on American families. That's exactly what I'm doing. Now, how? Well, I'm making, I'm, we're demanding there be more ethanol and gas uh, during a time when grains are actually becoming scarce for a, a number of reasons, including Ukraine. I mean, he, I'm telling you, folks. Telling you, telling you. Not uh, nobody believes him on this. That's why he has such low ratings with uh, with even his own party and Democrat voters on the issue of uh, the economy and inflation. ABC had the 28 percent in a new poll handling of inflation. That was came out yesterday. Twenty seven percent approve of how he's handling the increased gas prices. This is bad. They conducted this June 3rd to the 4th. That's not is not good. Oof. Not good at all. He's got his, his, his still lowest approval rating yet at 36%. Yeah, he's, uh, no one's going to campaign with him in midterms. Have you noticed that he's not doing any, he was on vacation. He went on another vacation. He was at the beach again over the weekend. Isn't that nice? He gets to go to the beach. President Biden just going to the beach. Went again, enjoying time with the family. A lot of people probably won't even be able to go on summer vacation this year because the gas prices and everything else is going to be just so exorbitant. I mean, it just, hmm, unfortunate. But uh, 
he's on vacation again and not really sure i don't know is is the vp in charge of handling stuff this is audio let me pull this up audio soundbite uh 12 i don't even know i just think her laughter is scary and i know that each of you is up to this challenge because you are the mayor what (laughs) she's so funny (laughs) yeah there you there you have it now on thursday get ready for this there's going to be a prime time they're going to hold it prime time hearing for the i guess the j6 commission they're doing their kabuki theater they're holding this primetime television on thursday let me pull this article up here. Uh, and the Select House Committee and the two Republican members, Liz Cheney, and who's the other guy who's been, is it, is it Kinzinger? Isn't he, is he still there? I think so. He's been redistricted out, so he's just basically an ornamental piece at this point. But they said that the hearings will be exciting. The American people need to take notes. That's what Cheney said on CBS Sunday morning, Liz Cheney. And they say they, that it was a broad, multi, broad, multi-pronged effort to overturn the election. No, it wasn't. It was so not even, I don't know how any, even she can, and she's the only Republican, so of course she's getting all the attention saying this. I don't know how they can say that when the FBI actually had to come out and say it wasn't at all organized. So what is... She's contradicting the, there were two actual investigations into that. And they came back saying that there was no, there's, there's no organization at all whatsoever. It's just odd how they're still pushing this. There was an attempt to overturn an election. And that was uh, what they tried to do with the FISA court. They, they, that's what they tried to do with the FISA court and to question the legitimacy of Trump's election. First, with that Alpha Bank story in New York, they went after Carter Page. All of that stuff, all of the truth and that has now come out. But there, we need a commission on what Hillary Clinton and the DNC did with the FISA court and the DOJ and Fusion GPS. That's what, and Perkins Coie, that's what we need a commission on. Because that's, I mean, they, they already had one FBI agent, one, one agent, uh, the attorney who falsified an email to try to, to try to frame an innocent person, that guy got busted and got jail time. So there's the commission. But no, they're going to focus on this. I don't get it. I don't understand Liz Cheney's play here. I really don't. I, I, don't, I don't get what her play is. Does she really believe this or is it just pettiness? Because I, I just don't know how anyone can know what we know and think that it was an organized effort or that it was a coup which was so stupid. Nobody was even armed. It wasn't. Now, they'll look into that, but heaven forbid, not anything that actually took place on the other side of the aisle. So they're going to they're gonna air these on Thursday. And I, I'm not going to watch. No, I'm not going to watch. Are you going to watch, Kane? I'm not watching this. 
I mean, I'll watch to... I might have it on the background if I don't do anything better. Yeah, to, to you know, to laugh at some things maybe and maybe to fall asleep. They're having a primetime hearing for this, but they won't ever with coronavirus and the lockdowns and... Well, I think they know they're losing the whole narrative of January 6th being this coup. So now they need to put it on television to get the attention they haven't been getting the last year. It's pretty wild. I am just kind of, it's kind of stunning. Kind of stunning. Now they, they, I, I, they keep, they keep saying, they keep acting like, oh, there's bigger fish to come and then nothing's happened. Nothing's happened. You had Adam Schiff lie about it. He lied about it. He's lied about most everything. This was all, honestly, they wanted to nationalize voting. That's what all of this was about. They wanted to make an argument for nationalizing voting. I wonder if anybody will bring up the Fed boys that were there, apparently. Widely reported. And think, think there will be any discussion of that? No. It's rhetorical. Of course not. Not going to be a single bit. Now, the elections coming up there's a couple of things here we've been talking about a mixture of because some of the other primaries are are getting to getting going and the really horrible horrible low approval rating of democrats two other things that that biden has done that's not going to make it any better uh i we didn't get into this last week because everything that happened but you know how the now they're apparently going to put schools in states that have bills where they've protected women's spaces and sports, the state law that they've passed, and then they're, they're, they're going to try to withhold federal funding uh, to some of these schools as a punitive measure for the schools in states where they've protected women's sports, et cetera, et cetera. And it's apparently, isn't it going to affect kids' lunches, what I read? So you're going to starve kids because uh, you won't allow boys in the girls' restroom? Is that what it is? Okay, yeah, there you go. He's also going to be waiving tariffs for 24 months on solar panels that have been hit by uh, probes. According to Reuters, he's declaring a 24-month tax exemption for solar panels from four Southeast Asian nations after an investigation froze imports installed projects in the U.S., they're coming from Cambodia, Malaysia, Thailand, and Vietnam. And it comes because they're, they're, they were looking at the imports, whether they're circumventing tariffs on goods made in China. Whether or not it's made in China and it goes through, yeah. It's an, yeah, it's a, basically an energy subsidy. That's correct. He's making all the wrong moves. The moves of somebody who, and we're going to ask Stephen Yates about that particularly. It's yeah, it's intentional. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. Mm, I just saw this uh, this speech from uh, Kathy Hochul, governor of New York. She signed 10 bills, 10 gun control bills, into law. And the killer wrote in his manifesto that he had specifically targeted that area because good people were restricted from defending themselves with firearms due to the existing gun control laws that she just expanded. So, yeah, don't think that that's, uh, no, that's not going to work. We'll talk a little bit more about that here uh, later on. Uh, also, the first potential monkeypox case reported in D.C. Someone who returned from Europe, they're being forced to quarantine, except that apparently it's spread through sex. So that 
they're trying to get you freaked out over something that's literally been spreading through saunas and clubs. Just saying. Just saying. A 12-year-old boy, this is crazy, robbed a Michigan gas station. He apparently stole his grandfather's gun, went to a gas station, pointed it at a cashier, fired a warning shot after she asks, are you serious? He was arrested and is in custody until his hearing. Charged with armed robbery, assault with a dangerous weapon, discharge of a firearm. 12 years old. Insane. That's just, wow. Turkey tells Sweden to give up the pitch for NATO membership. Uh, I don't think that, you know, that's going to be interesting because I don't think Sweden's going to listen to Turkey. Uh, And the United States and NATO have been trying to keep Turkey happy so he doesn't become chummy with Russia and give them a nice little land bridge. But he said it's not right that Finland and Sweden are wasting NATO's time at this moment. Hmm. We'll talk about that with Stephen Yates here coming up. Uh, Additionally, gas prices hit another new record on Sunday, surging to almost $5 a gallon, $4.85. And consumption is dropping at a rate of 3 to 5% in the past seven weeks as the prices increase. Diesel also jumped. And I'm sure that that's not going to do anything to affect food prices, right? Yeah. They, yeah, diesel has also jumped to a new high, uh, $4 and about 28 cents a gallon. That's a, a increase of 1.7% just in the recent, recent week. And the, I said this earlier, the teenager who ran over the mom and the baby, you saw that in California where the DA decided to just punish. This was a, it was a, teenage driver who was already on probation with some pretty serious charges prior and ran over this mom and the baby. Thankfully, they were okay. Uh, He just is going to be sent for, what, uh, a few weeks to juvenile camp. That's it. The camp. That's that's as much as... That's the punishment that he's going to get. That's it. That's... uh, Yeah, I don't think so. Wall Street Journal. Inflation and political division have put... Americans in a pessimistic mood, duh, according to a poll. Really? It's a Wall Street Journal survey. They said they found dim views of the U.S. economy, government, and global leadership. The findings were conducted at the University of Chicago, and they said that Americans are pessimistic about our economy and views on the nation are divided over the most important values that the media keeps hyping. Of course. And Tampa Bay Rays. They are refu- five Tampa Bay Rays players are refusing to wear uniforms with the LGBTQ whatever rainbow logo for a whole month of Pride. I mean, D-Day gets one day observance, you know, just one day. Pride month, they get a month. And citing the right to make a faith-based decision. Five players have declined because of their faith to wear uh, the rainbow logo on their jerseys, on their uniforms. Rays manager Kevin Cash said the team is going to stand to support our players that choose to wear or choose not to wear to the best of our capabilities. I'm glad that he said that, but let's see if it stays that way. And I love it how it goes along with this, uh, the, the whole quote, it gets better project to tackle youth bullying. And yet some of the responses to these players not wearing those patches have been bullying. And really amazing. Stephen Yates joins us next. Stay with us. Want a behind-the-scenes look at the Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's Chapter and Verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. My goal is to make sure that at the end of the month, families have a little more breathing room than they, than they have now. For example, here's something we can do right now. 
Congress could help ease the cost for families right away by passing my clean energy investment proposal that I propose has been sitting there. Things like tax credits for businesses to produce clean energy. The tax cuts for families to make their homes more energy efficient. That's what it results in. We, we want to try to shove everyone onto becoming reliant upon China instead of just OPEC. Right. Yay. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Joining me now, we've missed him. He's live from his Lego bunker. Stephen Yates, foreign policy expert. And as you know, he was the head of Radio Free Asia, but the communists did not like him. And uh, so now we get him. That's all right. We And he's busy anyway. He's a busy man. He joins us now. He's also with America First Policy Institute. Good to see you. I'm so glad that you're feeling better. I know that you, you had a little trip around the... Uh, yeah, you were you got sick overseas. I did, and it's good to be back. Yeah, I had my own dance with the devil from China. The Wu flu got me for a bit, kept me prisoner overseas for an extended stay in a quarantine. Uh, and you know, I can't complain too much. I was well taken care of, but I can complain a lot about uh, you know China poisoning most of the world and all the many of us who will spend the next several years figuring out what fun little tricks they've played on our bodies that doctors haven't figured out yet. Yeah, I know. That's always so. Yay, f- fun stuff for us to look forward to. Yay. Yay. Well, we're so glad that you're feeling better. I uh, wanted to run this by you because I was, and I've seen this before, stories on this, like for instance, when Russia did their, uh, oh, I forget what they call it, where they have their big old thing in the Red Square and they have all, the, they parade their ancient military yeah. uh, equipment and all that stuff. And normally, from what I've read, they're always reportedly joined by a delegation from Beijing. Beijing always sends somebody over. Well, they didn't have anybody sitting with Putin this year. And then now there's new uh, reporting, and this is coming from Reuters and Washington Post and other sources where China has repeatedly rejected uh, Putin's request for economic support. And I don't think that that at all, we're not allies and we're not even remotely closer to being allies just because they've done this. But what is their reasoning, their rationale for not wanting to aid Russia? Because they could have, they could, you know, indebt Russia to them in a way, but they're choosing to keep their powder dry. Why? Well, there's a couple of things going on here that I doubt the main mainstream media is covering. One, uh, the leader of China hasn't left his country since really the advent of COVID. Uh, and so could it be? that the Chinese know more about their virus than everyone else. And so they're taking exceeding precautions for their their top commie, not going other places. He's met with people in his country, but he's not he's not even going to neighboring countries for stuff. Uh, number two, they just spent the last two months shutting down their most populous cities. That has to have a massive political, economic, and other kind of impact. And number three, they are headed into the fall for a contentious leadership struggle. It has been taken as a foregone conclusion that Mr. Pe- Mr. Winnie the Pooh, Xi Jinping, is going to get a leader for life status. And maybe that's true, but every once in a while the commies decide that your life is shorter than you expected. Uh, and so uh, there could be a lot of reasons why uh, Xi Jinping isn't going abroad, that others beneath him that are caught up in these leadership struggles don't want to get stuck overseas and not able to come back. Uh, And it may turn out that China's economy is hurting way worse than reported, which I can think is near certainty. Uh, And they don't have a lot left to give 
Uh, and, it, you know, the West, after the Ukrainians got abused, found a little bit of spine and soul and decided to sanction Russians. Probably the last thing the Chinese want to do is to expand their exposure to potential sanctions. So there's a lot of rational things that could be going on. But the, the miracle of commie culture is we don't get to know. They operate in their own little black box. And so we should just assume the worst. Yeah, assume the worst is right. Talking with our friend Stephen Yates, this he may Xi Jinping may not be leaving China, but obviously they doesn't stop them from still kind of saber rattling. Australia uh, claimed that China had threatened a plane over the South China Sea. They say Chinese fighter jet carried out dangerous maneuvers, threatening the safety of one of their maritime surveillance planes over South China Sea. Now I. I, I believe it because they've they've been doing this to Taiwan. What is Australia's explain to us? What is their what 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 are they doing observing the area uh, with with yeah. their with their aircraft? Well, historically, the United States has relied upon Australia to expand capability on their near abroad. Uh, you know, a lot of us grow up just thinking of Australia as a small island on the bottom of a globe that we play with at home. It turns out it's a big continent, but it's really far away, but it's close to Southeast Asia and the South China Sea and a lot of the Pacific Islands and territories where China has been trying to snap up allies and trying to break off supply chains and sea routes. Uh, And so historically, the United States has partnered with Australia and really Australia taking the lead in these areas. I think the story you point to is especially significant because China in the past would do this kind of stuff to us. That's what happened on April Fool's Day 2001 with the EP3 that got hit and had the emergency land on Hainan Island. Uh, But they haven't been as aggressive doing this to the Aussies and others. Australia's just had a new election. Uh, There might be some question in Beijing's mind about whether the new government there is going to be tougher on China or weaker on China. And maybe this is a way of sort of jabbing at their chin to measure response to try to set the tone there. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, Talking with Stephen Yates, who is an expert in this area. He's also the chair of the China Policy Initiative with America First Policy Institute. How are they, because it seemed before coronavirus like pre-lockdown and everything else they were speeding quite a speeding along pretty well expanding whether it's through their belt and road initiative or in south america with their crappy technical offerings i don't really trust technology coming from china does it seem is it i don't know maybe there's an absence of reporting on it but to me it seems as though some areas have cooled on on working with china the way that china has been has been trying to they've been trying to achieve is that true or is there just an absence of reporting on this well, the, I think it's it's true that people have now had the benefit of time to see that they bought a bad deal, that China can bring in sort of rapid construction of a soccer stadium. But after 10 years, you can find out the soccer stadiums falling apart. Uh, so at the fir- at the outset, it seemed like a good deal. And the leader who took a bunch of money under the table thought it was a fabulous deal. But as time goes by, the leader gets caught and the stadium starts to crumble. Uh, and so there is a little bit of that going along with what we used to call the third world. Uh, but I also think there's been a, p- a bit of a pivot of China pulling back on some of these investments uh, and actually doubling down on its territorial claims closer to home. So it's been actually more aggressive on its sea claims and air operations and things like that. 
pushing out as we discussed in the South China Sea, in the East China Sea toward the direction of Japan, uh, pushing out into the Pacific. These kind of outrageous territorial claims and intimidation moves, I think, have expanded where the Belt and Road has lost a little bit of momentum. Shouldn't be ignored or forgotten, right. but I think there has been a change that you were alluding to. Oh, I, I would hope so, because it there it, it's just it's worrisome, especially when you see him pulling this up for you. Uh, there was a, a great, um, I'm trying to remember who this was. I think it was uh, Lieutenant General James Dawkins Jr., who works with strategic deterrence and nuclear integration. And he was warning about nuclear deterrence. Ours is at risk and that we have these aging strategic forces. Meanwhile, for the first time in history, the United States is, they're not equal to us, but they're gaining ground. You have, you know, threats on uh, you know, the Middle East and with Russia and elsewhere in terms of, of uh, nuclear uh, situations, for the lack of a better way to put it. And then obviously China and, and their nuclear capabilities. Where uh, you, I, I, you would think that this would be a focus for the administration instead of making everything green, like making all the the only thing I've ever heard from uh, Mayor Putt Buttigieg and, and then, a, or sorry, Secretary of Transportation, <laughs> new mom, whatever. And then uh, President Biden is they talk about making the, the vehicles green and making the ships yeah. green and all that, you know, because it's so easy to charge a vehicle, you know, when you're in the middle of, uh, you know, conflict. It's very easy, you know, just quick, a quick yeah. 80 minutes to charge it. W- where's the ad- address on, on Well, both in foreign and domestic policy, this is irresponsible to the point of insanity. I mean, no one is walking around in today's America looking at empty shelves in parts of grocery stores, uh, noting the high price of gasoline and walking around saying, the main problem is I'm choking on polluted air or I have dirty water. They have very real world problems at home and abroad. No one can say that the the sort of cavalcade of travesties and misguided decisions by this administration on foreign policy from the Afghanistan, sad, weak, tragic death involved withdrawal, all the way through uh, what I think can only be be described as a a tragic slow burn on Ukraine that where NATO and the United States failed to deter. Uh, And we've got these other things that we're just slouching toward maybe potential conflict in other areas. Uh, and no one in their right mind can say, you know what would turn all this around is if everyone was driving an electric car and we had an app that could measure each individual's carbon footprint. I mean, I'm a gadget guy. I like the idea of a fast computer on wheels. I might play with that, but it is not going to make the world safer and it's not going to make the, uh, the earth cleaner. No, I completely agree. One last question for our friend Stephen Yates. And I wasn't going to bring this up initially, but I want to make sure my thinking is clear on it. It's a Reuters piece. It came out just yesterday. Biden's waiving tariffs for 24 months on solar panels that have been under investigation coming from uh, uh, four Southeast Asian nations, uh, Cambodia, Malaysia, Thailand and Vietnam. And apparently there was this month long investigation into whether or not they were circumventing tariffs on goods made in China. Is this just to make sure that we're just not are they using those countries as a stop off so that we look and oh, it came from Malaysia. At least it's not China. It's OK. We're, we're not going to penalize it with you know higher tariffs or whatever. Is that is my thinking correct on this? I think it's 100 percent on target. Uh, it's like when NAFTA was passed and made in China, goods were made in Mexico. So it's just. Uh, This is just the way if you squeeze the balloon, the oxygen finds a place to go. Uh, And for sure, we don't have the quality control to track this stuff down. Need to get a pin. We need a pin now. 
Exactly. Pop huh. that blue. Yeah, exactly. Stephen Yates, always such a pleasure. And folks, you can follow him on Twitter as well. Uh, and I have your Twitter handle up here because I it always fills it in for me. What's your Twitter handle? I never remember anybody. Yeah, Yates Comms. I knew that. At Yates Comms. It's like your own phone numbers. I don't know anybody's number because I can just hit their name <laughs> and it does it. Stephen, always so good it's to see you. It's where we communicate. Yes. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you. Take care, Dana. Thank you. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Instead of coming to my door where I live, which, by the way, is right next to the FBI, instead of calling me and say, hey, we need you down at court, we've got a warrant for you, I would have gladly come. What did they do? They intercepted me getting on the plane. And then they put me in handcuffs. They bring me here. They put me in leg irons. They stick me in a cell. Yeah, that's nuts. That's so ridiculous. That's Peter Navarro. He's 72 years old. So keep in mind, do you trust the same government that went after Peter Navarro and Navarro and perp walked uh, Roger Stone? He didn't even own a gun out of his house after tipping off CNN at two in the morning. Do you trust that same government to monitor your firearm purchases and know everything that you have and what you don't I'm just saying and to and do you trust that same government with a reduction in due process nope nobody does nobody does yeah he's this, they issued a subpoena they were demanding that he give testimony about the hell Jan- the january 6th thing is so stupid all uh, democrats keep going oh my gosh there's going to be so many revelations so much revelations so crazy, much revelation. Mm-hmm. Now they've they every time that they've said that, all their all their teases come to nothing. Do you remember the whole thing? Uh, Mueller is coming. Yep. Well, he came and went. Nothing happened. Next, I can't tell you how many people who just disliked me would were, were going. Mueller's coming, and I'm and they're like, oh, you must be scared. Mueller's coming. I'm like, for what? Morons, Jiminy! You can't just sit here. Oh, the FBI is going to come for you. I just like your political stance. Do you trust these people with a reduction in due process to be able to penalize you and go after you just because of wrong think? Think about it. And I don't trust the media to hold them accountable. No, of course not. So that's just insane that they did this. It's so it's a joke. It is an absolute joke. And then they, they intercept him as he's getting on a plane. There's just no they're like, oh, it's contempt of Congress. Congress is in contempt of the people. How about that? Good heavens. That's, they said, I, I, I don't know. They, apparently, they're trying to find, because there's not a lot of details on their, their order, their subpoena. Uh, apparently, I guess, I think that they named Trump on it in the Navarro subpoena. There's just not a lot of details. So I don't know what they think that they have. I'm not quite sure. Um, Someone said, well, the Justice Department would not have named Trump lightly. Oh, shut up. Yes, they would have. Stop it. They did. They did everything not lightly. All right. Today's stupidity came. Wow. Can you believe it's our president again? It's crazy. I like how you just you say that every time. It's, It's nuts. The stupidity that comes out of this guy's mouth. But this is what he said earlier this morning. My plans are to produce the strongest, fastest, most widespread economic recovery America has ever experienced. What? 
with record jobs, new record small businesses, and wages rising. But none of that is true. Wages aren't rising. We all know this just because of inflation. Wages are not rising. We actually have negative wages thanks to inflation. So yeah, there, there was already the uh, Bureau of Journals uh, uh, Justice Statistics (BJS). Right. They already came out and said that the wages aren't keeping up with inflation. So he's contradicted by his own government. I will be on Jesse Waters tonight in the 6 p.m. Central Hour. Make sure you tune in. Have a great night. Back with you tomorrow.